Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We think of the law or commandments as restrictive or bad or not good for me. If I didn't have them, I could live free. No, it's exactly the opposite. Now, don't get the law of God mixed up with the law of our society. Today, our society has billions. If you're an accountant or whatever, we have like 50 million laws how to do your taxes. Now, that's way too complicated. But God's law is good for us. He said to Adam and Eve, "If, if you'll keep this, you'll live forever. If you disobey it, you will die. Many of us would agree that legislative systems can be completely out of control at times. Although there are many laws that society sees as good, there's plenty that most of us would find absurd. Unfortunately, there's a lot of us that view God's law in the same way. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will give us a better perspective on God's law and how we can better apply it to our lives. Rather than viewing God's law as a list of do's and don'ts, we learned that the law was designed as a means of preservation and peace for all of mankind. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 21, with part one of his message entitled, The Standard, Be Perfect. Here's what I'm going to do this morning. It's going to be a little different. I'm going to uh, read, kind of at random, some of the Ten Commandments. As soon as I get to one that you know sometime in your life you've broken, I want you to raise your hand like this and keep it right now. I I didn't even give one yet. Come on. And you just, you just kind of keep it up as we get there. So keep it up now, and uh, we'll start and see what happens. There we are. Thank you so much, Seth. First one. Remember, if you've broken this sometime in your life, you have to raise your hand. Jesus says, or actually God does in the Ten Commandments, do not murder. There's a few. Now, the reason some of you might be saying, we have that many murderers in our body? Next week, you're going to see that Jesus clarifies murder, and he says this, if you're full of anger, or you ever really lost it with anger, you might as well have just murdered somebody. Any more hands? Hmm. Keep them. No, you can't put them down. I'm not done yet. That was only the first one. Next one, do not steal. Should be keep raising up. Do not testify falsely against your neighbor. Keep them up. I mean, it's not like I've done this one, I've done this one, I've got enough hands. As you go and we catch one, all right, good. 
Do not cover your neighbor's house or their Lexus or their boat. Okay? Do not commit adultery. Again, don't have to put your hands down. You, you already committed the first one way back early. You're supposed to keep it up, okay? Now, Jesus is going to do something different. You say, I have never committed adultery. Really? What Jesus is going to teach us next week, if you've ever looked at a man or a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery. Any other hands go up? Any other hands? <laughs> Going to the beach this afternoon? Any other hands? <laughs> okay, now keep your hands up. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look around you now. If you see somebody without their hand up, if you see somebody without their hand up, I want you, in a, in a spirit of love, <laughs> say to them, you're a liar. Just say it to them right now. You're a liar. That's because we all have our hands up, isn't it? Good, you can put them down. The law. When we think of the law, well, even as you came to church this morning, you may have broken some of God's law. You know, the speed zones, some of those kind of things. What is Jesus going to do today? Well, he's going to say, the law of God. What is that? When, when we say the word law associated with the Bible, what does that mean? Jesus is going to clarify what he thinks about the law. And then he's going to say, well, here's what my followers should do with the law. So we're going to learn a lot of really interesting things about how we're to live life. Look at Matthew 5, verse 17. Jesus says it like this. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So the first thing we have to ask this morning is this. What, what is or what was the law? Well, the law is simply God's commandments. They were central to the functioning of the nation of Israel to the Jewish people. Actually, when you think about a commandment or a law, it goes way back before the nation of Israel was even brought into being by God. You remember when God created Adam and Eve? He gave in the garden Adam and Eve one law. Just one. He said, you can have this incredible place. It's all yours. Go for it. But here's one law, one commandment that I'm going to give you. I read it. But the Lord God gave him, Adam, this warning. You may eat freely of any fruit in the garden except fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat of the fruit, you will surely die. I want you to think about that simplicity. It wasn't like Adam was saying like, what did you say? He knew where that tree was. Eve knew where that tree was. It was not complicated. I want you to remember that because as we move on, you'll see something very different. Well, as you know, Adam and Eve blew it. They sinned. They broke the one law there was. The law was good. It wasn't bad. It was for their protection. Get that into your mind this morning. Many times when we think of the law, 
We think of the law or commandments as restrictive or bad or not good for me. If I didn't have them, I could live free. No, it's exactly the opposite. Now, don't get the law of God mixed up with the law of our society. Today, our society has billions. If you're an accountant or whatever, we have like 50 million laws how to do your taxes. Now, that's way too complicated. But God's law is good for us. He said to Adam and Eve, if, if you'll keep this, you'll live forever. If you disobey it, you will die. They died. Spiritually, later physically. So when we think of God's commands this morning, they are good for us. They're safety for us. They give us freedom. They give us pleasure. So it isn't a bad God. It's a good God. Well, later when God designed the nation of Israel... He had Abraham started, and of course there were some guidelines and things there. And then later on, he actually came to the man Moses, and he said to Moses, I'm going to give you the Ten Commandments, and I'm going to give you law. And he expanded this this God's law into, well, things that would just be a standard for the people to live day in and day out in character and conduct. You see, all around them were pagans. And many times they... They just didn't have any laws. They just did their own thing. So God says, well, I don't want you to be that. I'm going to give you a standard for living. It's going to be my law. So the law came to mean, especially in the time of Jesus, one specific thing. When Jesus says there in verse 17, I I didn't come to destroy the law. What did he mean? So I want you to, it's going to be a good lesson for you this morning. Good reminder. Initially, when God spoke about the law, it's the first five books in your Bible. The Pentateuch, the first five books written by Moses, that was the law. Those were the guidelines, the directions, the the principles about how to live. Now, when he gave those first five books, of course, Moses wrote those under the anointing of the Spirit. As we look at the law of God, it had three components. And you, you don't need to write them, you just need to think about them. The first component was a moral component. The Ten Commandments. It was about morality. The second component of the law was ceremonial, religious practices, how to worship, how to offer sacrifices for man's sin. The third were civil things, uh, legal, social laws, how to interact with man that wouldn't be necessarily in the, in the moral areas, just everyday kind of business kind of things. Now, throughout the years... When that law was given thousands of years before where Jesus is speaking, from that time until Jesus, the scribes and the Pharisees, they were the religious leaders of the Jews. Well, they began to play with this law. And by the time Jesus was speaking, it was a mess. They had made it so complicated, so difficult, so oppressive that the average person... They couldn't ever understand it. And, I, and after I get reading a little of this to you this morning, I want you to see how blessed we are not to be under the law as they were when Jesus came to this world. Now, they made three big error, arrows, these scribes and Pharisees, these religious leaders. I want you to write the three down. Number one, they codified God's laws into a complicated set of do's and don'ts. So they went through it and began to play with it. They calculated there was, well, for every day of our year, like 365, there was 365 negative commands. Don't do this. 
365. And then there was 248 positives do this. Now, you can imagine that's 613, and you go, well, that's not too bad, but it didn't stop there. They began to make a commentary on each one of those 613 to explain what it really meant with their ideas and their traditions. Now, the problem was they only didn't just do that, but they began eventually, as time went on, they honored their commentary, their ideas of what that said, more than the original teaching of God. So they held that, and and then they mixed in with that their traditions, and it was a total mess. Let me give you an example. One of the, Barclay, one of the commentators of the New Testament says this, The law said that the Sabbath day is to be kept holy. And on that, no work is to be done. Now, let me explain to you a little bit about that. The Sabbath day is kept to be holy. That was one of the Ten Commandments. It's one of the commandments that uh, all the Ten Commandments are repeated in the New Testament except that one. And I'll explain more of that to you later. We don't keep the Sabbath because we worship God 24-7. Don't have to have a special day. We're supposed to worship God every day. But let, let's see now. Let, I'm gonna, I want you to put your thinking cap on. It'll be really informative to you. All right. God said no work on the Sabbath. What's the first question that comes to your mind? I heard it from a couple of people. What is what? What is work? So they set aside to begin to talk about the scribes. What is work? They're going to define for you and for me. I can't work on the Sabbath. Well, what does that mean? Well, one of the things they defined as work was carrying a burden. If you carried a burden, it was work. Now, what's the next question that comes to your mind already? What's a burden? So, I can't work. Work is defined in a lot of ways, but one of the, just just one of the ways, and of course, that's why these commentaries went into volumes and volumes and volumes and volumes of books. Why even go to church? You could never read it all. So, a burden. What is a burden? Let me define for you. This is from the Jewish writings, actual Jewish writings. You won't be able to write it down. It'll drive you crazy anyway. Here's what a burden is. The scribal law says, a burden is this. Food equal in weight to a dry fig. Now, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm just starting. So, if I have a piece of food and it's equal to a dry fig, it's a burden. I can't do that. So, I have to break it in half, only half of it. Well, can I break it in half one hand and the other hand? You see where it goes? Next. A burden is enough wine for mixing in a goblet. Milk enough for one to swallow. Honey enough to put upon a wound. How much is that? Oil enough to anoint a small member. Water enough to moisten an eye Paper enough to write a customs notice. Ink enough to write two letters of the alphabet. I can write one, but I can't write two. That's work. Now, can you imagine being a parent? By the way, no television for sure. 
And you're on the Sabbath, you're telling your kid what you can and can't do. It goes on and it just says they did this endless hours and hours and hours. Can a man lift a light from a lamp from one place to another? Can a tailor who walks off and, and forgot his needle, can he pick up his needle? Is it work? Can a woman have false hair? Is that too weighty? Can a man have false teeth on the Sabbath? And here's the kicker, excuse my pun, of it all. A man with a wooden leg, can he put it on or is that work on the Sabbath? Now, most of you are like, this was the Jewish way of living. Now, can you imagine? Are anybody glad you're not living like that today? Unbelievable. Well, into this mess comes Jesus. Right in the middle of this mess. So all he sees is this legalism of rules and regulations, pettiness to the nth degree. That was their first mistake. Second error. They stressed the letter of the law, which had to do with nothing but externals, way more than the spirit of the law about our heart. You see, they were into religion. If you dressed it, if you did it, if you didn't carry a weight, if you did all these things, if you did it externally, doesn't matter if on, on the Sabbath you're just sitting still, you're, you're, you're biting to the nth degree, but in your heart you're going, man, I hate God, I don't want anything to do. Doesn't matter. You did the external, that's fine. They, they missed the whole part. You see, this morning, serving God isn't about this external deal. It's about our heart. And the third error, we'll talk about more later, the scribes and the Pharisees, here's what they believe. They knew you had to be right with God. You had to have a righteousness to be able to go to heaven. So this is what they believed. They believed and taught that by keeping the law, by keeping the law, a person could go to heaven, could be right with God. So if they did good enough, they could go to heaven. Into this setting came Jesus in his incredible, powerful teachings. Jesus knew immediately because we read, if you remember, Jesus says to them, do not think that I've come. So he knows what they're thinking. He knows as they watched Jesus, one day he went out on the Sabbath and he healed a man. Another day he said to his disciples, have some corn, it's fine. It's on the Sabbath. So the religious leaders are thinking, well, is Jesus above the law? Is he going to do away with the law? When he does away with the law, is he going to bring his own rules and regulations? What is really going to happen? So let's talk about what Jesus thought about the law, what he did with it. Then we're going to talk about what you and I do with that law. Look at verse 17 again. Jesus says, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. So there's two things there. We'll get to that in a moment. I have not come to abolish them, either one of them, but to fulfill them. So Jesus says to the people, including the scribes and the Pharisees, no, I'm, I'm not coming to destroy God's law. I'm coming to keep it. Actually, I'm going to fulfill it totally. The word fulfill means to fill out, to expand, to complete. Now, how did Jesus 
fulfill the law. Let me give you three more ways, three things to write down this morning. If you get this, you, you understand very clearly what your role is with the Bible. Number one, Jesus is going to fulfill the law and the prophets, number one, this way. By obeying the law perfectly and then teaching its correct meaning and application. So Jesus is going to obey the law. He's going to fulfill it perfectly. Only one that will ever do that. And then he's going to teach its correct meaning and its application. This is going to be a contrast between he and the religious leaders. Remember, the religious leaders had taken the law of God and just made it a huge mess. So how is Jesus going to do this? Well, just hold your place there and just look down to verse 21. Over and over, about six times in the next few verses, you're going to see this contrast. In that verse, Jesus says this, watch me. You have heard it said. What does he mean by that, you've heard it said? He's speaking to the people. You're the Jewish people. And what he's saying is, you've heard your religious leaders say this, that you shouldn't murder. Look in the next verse. How does Jesus respond? But I say to you. So he's going to say, you've heard the, you've heard the religious leaders say you shouldn't murder. Well, that's true. But it goes way past murder. I say unto you the real meaning of murder, if you even have anger in your heart, you murdered somebody. So here's the contrast. That's huge. Here's what you've been taught. Here's the real meaning of this. Now, through all of this, I've written the Balmer translation. It's not copywritten so you can see it. So what's Jesus saying? If you get this, you, you understand a lot about church. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says this. Let me, speaking about the law, let me correct and clarify and simplify what God really meant. Now, what does a pastor do? That's it. What is my role? I'm to correct teaching that you might have heard that isn't what God said. I'm to clarify what God did say. And my whole goal then is to simplify it so that you can leave this building and go, I got it. If you're a teacher in a small group, couples, youth, Sunday school, doesn't matter. That's your goal. Now, we have a dichotomy because we have actually two kinds of groups here. We have a group over here. You can go to the church and you're incredibly emotionally moved, which is not bad, it's very good, but there's hardly any substance taught, so you leave really good, but you got nothing to hang on to. Then you can go over here to this church, there's not much emotion, but there's incredible brilliance. Today in our study of the Sermon on the Mount, Pastor Mark gave us an important reminder, the goodness of God's law. Rather than a list of do's and don'ts, Pastor Mark taught us how God's law is meant for preservation and peace. In our study, we were encouraged to look at the law in an applicational sense, rather than having a negative and indifferent view towards something that was meant for our good. 
Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 3343, and the title of this message is The Standard, Be Perfect. Again, today's message number is 3343, and the title of this message is The Standard, Be Perfect. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time on Lessons for Living as Pastor Mark teaches us about the true intent of God's law. In our message, we'll learn how Christ came to fulfill the law while teaching us its true meaning. As we continue our study in the Sermon on the Mount, we'll better learn how to use God's law in an applicational sense rather than a religious outward routine. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. 